0: RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Pursuing the RPG hobby with Reckless Abandon. Why, hello! Howdy! There it is, there it is. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Season 24, Episode 4 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Joey. My name is Adam. My mic is off. Is your mic unmuted? My name is Stork. Is your mic muted? There you go. We're doing really well without Kimmy tonight, guys. Now we're cooking with gas.
1: Hi, I'm
2: Stork. (laughs) (laughs) Natural (laughs) one. That was a really good impression. Thanks, thanks. Hi, I'm Kimmy. I did
1: everything all correct. Natural
0: (laughs) one. That's accurate as well. Yeah. Um, For those of you who... uh, are in the Southern California area and want to go to a renaissance fair and see some music or hear some music. You should do that starting next weekend. What's that? April 6th? Sixth, April six. Sixth. 6th and 7th. Running for seven weekends at the Irwindale Dam Recreation Area in beautiful downtown Irwindale, California. Ooh, Come to the renaissance pleasure fair, the 15th <laughs> annual renaissance pleasure fair and uh, we'll be there at the Rogues Reef stage three times a day and somewhere else once. We don't have our, our stage schedule yet. We probably won't until... This week, days probably. days before the event. So, if you want to get information on the fair, get tickets and stuff, you can go to renfair.com That's fair with no E, and, slash SoCal. And when you say we will be there, the Poxy Boggards, <laughs> the world famous Poxy Boggards, which includes myself and Joey. Hi, and yep. and, and, and other th- me. my name is Stork, and Stork will be there too. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't sound anything like that. No, not at <laughs> all. Not at all. It's, like when, it's like my, it's like my Rob, my Rob impression. I, uh, I fucking hate Sketchers. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. That's spot on. That's,
1: that was uncanny, actually. <laughs> uh,
0: in this episode, uh, oh wait, I needed to bring something up. Oh, small game hunter. Oh. They're doing oh, what game are they doing? I should look at the Slack. Small game hunter. I think they've done. T- Two or three episodes now?
2: Mm.
1: Uh, Maybe? Maybe?
2: I listened to the first one. What did
1: they do? They did (coughs) Mercury, they did For the Queen, and then they did did
2: Icarus Count? I don't know, know, that might have been ShadowCon. Yeah.
1: I don't know the difference sometimes. It's like ShadowCon is like slightly more heard of games, and Small Game Hunter is like. Tomes is like I found this in the jungles. Right, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, they're going to be uh, yeah, small game hunter. If you, it's right now. You have to watch it on YouTube. It's not. It's not on iTunes yet. Once they get a couple more episodes under their belt, we'll put it up on iTunes. Um, they're doing a game called S- the next episode. They're I don't know when they're playing and when they're recording. Uh, they're doing. So this is not. This isn't a very helpful plug. they're going to be doing Skeletons by Jason Morningstar of Bully Pulpit Games
1: oh Jason Morningstar
0: Um, and let me look and see if it's in the schedule you can go to happyjack.org schedule
1: so we're doing a thing we can't tell you when it's going to happen
0: or when it's going to be big big bucks no Emmys no Emmys stop oh Saturday March 30th at (laughs) noon tomorrow oh well there you go (laughs) they'll be recording Small Game Hunter so you can watch that live (laughs) <laughs> and that will be fantastic. So there, I did, I did that, I did that. Okay, in, in this episode, Steve <laughs> from SoCal writes SoCal writes in about exotic atmospheres in Traveler. Out of print, GM sends us his report from AiryCon, and Slowjack sends us a Hara story. But That's first, right. if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We have a forum, happyjacksforum.com. You can go there. Join it, start a flame war, or or enjoy a flame war, or participate in a flame war, or avoid a flame war. Whatever you want to do.
1: Or tell us about your illicit sexual encounters. Yes, you can
0: do that too. We should set, we should make a special tag yeah. for that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I never thought it could
0: happen to me. Happy <laughs> Jacks Forum, just like the Penthouse Forum. Right. Um, Same thing, right? Social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and MeWe. Happy text RPG, all one word. We're at 173 173 millions. Nice. Yep. I'm nice. Mewean. I'm on that. I saw you. Yeah. I saw you what? On there. Yeah. I put a Are review. To join Mewean? Maybe. I put a review up about of Call of Cthulhu Seventh Edition since I've been doing a deep dive yeah. into it and, and actually reading the rules. Yeah. And uh, um, there's a, a fairly lengthy review of the yeah. Keeper's book and the Investigator's book, and also I got. Uh, uh, Peterson's Guide to Cthulhu Monsters or something. Which is actually a field book. Mm. And it's written like a field book. Well, that's awesome. Cool. Which is cool. No stats for the monsters. All the monsters that, that they're talking about are in the core books. Oh, okay. Or in the, the Keeper's handbook. So, oh, if you need the stats, they're all there. But it's literally written... It, it, it's almost... I don't know. I, I don't think you could use it in the 1920s because it has. It basically has all of the information, but not. It's not like spoilers, but it's like these are things people have noticed about these types of creatures. Mm-hmm. So you could use it as a prop, like have a page and take a page of it and say, "Oh, you find this, you know, stuffed in some oh, yeah. back oh, of some book cool. or something." Yeah, that's cool. But it, it's not, and it doesn't break the fourth wall. Yeah, it's it's like this is a field guide to horrible monsters.
1: Oh, I love that idea. It's kind of yeah. it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I'm told that some of the other sort of supplements that they're coming out with it are are good. There's a one about the Cthulhu magic
2: mm-hmm. which
0: has like a, like a complete encyclopedic yeah thing of horrible Cthulhu mythos spells. Oh, cool. Causing sanity okay. yes. since 1817 no yes. 1970 17 play Cthulhu game right yeah, they so. Cthulhu. And they've done a uh, you can go read the interview yeah. or the the uh, review but I think they did a pretty good job of fixing some of my complaints about the system. Yeah.
2: they're losing okay. percentile dice?
0: Yes. Uh, they now have uh, a bonus and penalty die that you can add. Okay. Which, and it's a 10s die. Oh, all right. Mm-hmm. So, and then, like, if it's a bonus, you roll two and take the lowest. If it's a penalty, you roll two and take the highest. So kind of like um, mm-hmm. advantage from 5e. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um... Uh, they've also uh, done some inter- there's some interesting things they did in combat. <clears throat> this may have been a spot rule originally, but the way they introduce combat is kind of weird. They start with fist fights. Mm-hmm. Then they add melee weapons. Then they add firearms. Yeah. So it's like we're going to teach you the system here first and then go to here and then go to here. Right. Um, you have a, a rea- you can take a reaction. Um, when someone's attacking you It's mm-hmm. their turn They're going to try to punch you Yeah You can dodge There's a dodge skill in the, It's a contested role Between the two of you And it's right. your, your Relative success to each other Determines whether or not you win mm-hmm. Yeah And then you can also fight back Oh Which is You're in a fist So you're going to punch someone And they're going to like <laughs> Try to punch you back yeah. Not in their turn In your turn Yeah yeah, as a defensive maneuver, and if you win that contested role, you get to deal damage to them rather than them dealing damage to you. Huh? That's
1: a lot more realistic. Yes. In, in my mind.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And in theory, it makes <coughs> combat shorter because you're yeah. taking HP down. Bingo. Right. Yeah. Yes, because yeah, you you have two potential attacks per turn. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: And so does the guy you're fighting. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, I can see it make and, and yeah, I mean combat in Call of Cthulhu is going to be pretty short anyway because well, yeah your hit point, you do not have a lot of hit points. No, no. no. It's like, I, oh, I, I rolled up yeah. some characters, and I had one that I had, yeah. like, nine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 right, I don't yeah. know. I signed a contract saying that I was invincible. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks, right? Right. One of the things I
1: really liked uh, when I started doing a lot of PBTA was that whole idea of, like, when you make an attack, you trade blows. Like, that's the base... Uh, the base action is you trade blows. It's not. It's not when you make an attack, you hit them. It's assumed like they're hitting you back in some way if they can. Right. And so it's it, in some you know depending on how well you roll, you might choose to not get hit by them as one of your options. And right. So and I like things like that. And <coughs> it, like I love you know I love my D and D and I think Five E is great. Um, but like we're playing Abria's uh, Dragon Heist game. And uh, usually we uh, we avoid actually fighting or killing. We're like the much op- to her chagrin. Much to I her heard. chagrin, she brought in some <laughs> ringers to actually like make us kill or try to kill. Um, but like I'm, I try to punch people a lot because it's like, oh, we can't kill these people. But I'm good at killing, and like, okay, I'll punch them. And it's like instead of my one d eight plus two d six plus three, I'm doing one. One. Well, one. is it just one point? Well, because I I am a Dex fighter. Oh, so I'm okay. really good at hitting them, and then I do one damage because I have zero. St- strength oh, you modifiers. just add, you just
0: add your st- you just yeah. Are, oh, okay. So
1: like when you're doing unarmed weapons, unless you're a monk or you know or you have I think there's a feat where you can do unarmed damage, um, but you do one point of damage unarmed unless you know unless you have that thing. <coughs> one, ar- one point of damage plus your strength modifier. Okay, so. Doing a dex fight or doing unarmed
2: combat is really inefficient. I know. I think. I think in three point five unarmed combat was like a one d 1D,
0: like one d three like one d four minus one. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. plus your damage bonus. Right. Well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually I was rolling up characters last night to kind of two nights ago to try to just make sure I understand how character creation works. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys I made, I, I, I was rolling up the professors of the university where mm-hmm. the game's going to uh-huh. start. One of the guys I made has like a build of 60 and a strength of like 65. <laughs> and, and I'm like, wow, if he punches you, yeah, he's going to do like a D, D3 plus D4 damage, mm-hmm. which is for a punch. That's heavy. Yeah, that's a lot. It's not going to kill, outright kill someone, Maybe knock them out. Because really? yeah. one of the things they added is like, if you take more than half damage in a single combat, uh-huh. in a single yeah. blow, <clears throat> you can be knocked out if you don't yeah. make a con roll, and uh, you can you take what's called a major wound, yeah. which yeah. has different healing rules than the regular yeah. healing. So and that's, they, They've kind of yeah. created some depth to the hit point yeah. system, so that's it's not nice. just hit points. Now, I'm assuming this stuff wasn't in 6. I don't remember it in 6, but it's been so long since I read that yeah. book. Who knows?
1: Right. I think that's good <clears throat> for Cthulhu, especially because in Cthulhu mythos, you don't Fight the things. No, no, investigate and then you run. Right. Right. Like, fighting usually leaves you to you dying or going insane, and if you're lucky, in that order. Right. You know? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it. it, Having weapon skills and combat skills is just going to fill you with a false sense of security. (laughs) Right. Because if you look at the stats of even like the smallest monsters, it's
2: like. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really cute. That
1: gun. Yeah. That's yeah. super cute. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. And if you can look at me without your brain melting, you can try to shoot. Right. <laughs> I will heal it next time.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I'm. I'm still reading up. I, I was making my cheat sheets for my one uh, Google One or mm-hmm. my OneNote mm-hmm, document because mm-hmm. I like to have like here's how combat works and yeah. the 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 order they 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 wrote the book to teach you the combat system, not as a reference when you're playing because it's hard to find shit so I yeah. made like a not a flow chart they include a flow chart in it which yeah. is handy but I, I, I like, like to write out what the rules are and what the page number is for them and I wrote it out and I realized this has to be all reorganized now Yeah. because I'm going to need to move this firearm stuff up here and, and I changed it all around So, <laughs> but mm. it was quite, it took me like three hours yeah. to do the combat really? summary yes wow. yeah. <clears throat> it's not uncomplicated mm-hmm. But once once you kind of get it, it's like, oh, okay, all right, it all fits. But it was, it's just, if you were using that book as a reference in the middle of a game, you're going to be flipping back and forth between pages a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I wish there were reference pages like that in books. Like, have your fluff. Yeah. I love the fluff, but, like, give me just a sheet that I can flip to. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah.
0: that's what I need to do. Well, it does it does have a flow chart, yeah. and it right. gives you page references on it. So those are handy. And I, I took photographs of those and put it in my one. Yeah, so.
1: And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm prepping for White Wolf right now. Changeling. And, yeah, Changeling, the dreaming sec- 20th anniversary
0: edition. Be coming and up in a couple weeks, bro.
1: Yes, yeah, coming up, uh, I think we start ap- uh, April 22nd, actually. Excellent. Um, yeah. Um, players are Gina and Rob and... Uh, so <laughs> good. <laughs> and uh, Jim and Clara. So, yeah, I've got a really awesome group. Oh, good. Yeah, awesome. so, um, but... But I'm prepping and I'm so I'm reading back through the changeling book and it's like wow yeah that's right there is like 300 pages of fluff material which is awesome very inspiring and beautiful but then there's like 20 pages of of rules spread out over the Oh 300 yeah. Pages. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah and you get that like that parts the same way. Yeah yeah you get like three <laughs> actual pages of like here's a chart of explaining this whole thing and the rest of the rules are buried somewhere in the flavor text. It's like,
0: White Wolf, I love you, but give me some tables. Right. <laughs> yeah. But but, yeah. Those are Onyx Path. Yeah. yeah Onyx yeah. Path, mm-hmm. yeah. But, I mean... The, They're way better. Which is yeah. so weird, because they, the Onyx Path version I got of New World, uh-huh. the, uh, what's called Chronicles of Darkness? Yeah. They had that... It's like, okay, this section's about the rules. Here's uh-huh. the rules. Boom. Yeah. And it's three or four pages... Very concise, mm-hmm. not a lot of fluff, not a lot of flowery language. It's written yeah. like a technical manual. It's like, uh-huh. boom. Now I understand how the game works. Do yes. that.
2: Do that with everything.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, please.
2: <clears throat> or e- the fluff later. Like, let us read the fluff later. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. I want the fluff. Oh, I yeah. love the you fluff. You can put the fluff up front if you want. Yeah. But just tell me where the rules start. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: Oh, yeah, we have emails.
0: Yes, oh, we have. Hey. For, uh, exotic Atmospheres and Traveler from Steven SoCal. Generalissimo Stew and the Happy Jack's Junta. You ever play the game junta no. what a fun game you're all like ruling families in a banana republic <sighs> and nice. y- you student you start the game I don't remember exactly how it happens but one of you is is declared el presidente for life
2: <laughs> <clears throat>
0: and the goal of the game is to put as much money in your Swiss bank account as you possibly can <laughs> 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 oh wait, so you're telling me that
2: there's a game where I can just be Ava Perone? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yes. I am here
0: for it, <laughs> and it's so much fun. I wish I, I don't even know if it's still in print, uh, but it was. Cool. A I want very to be Rainbow High. Don't
1: <laughs> cry for me, Happy Jackers. <laughs> the truth is, I never left you.
0: All through my wild days I've had existence, existence. <laughs> Alright I have recently been inspired By some of Stu's world building in the Ashes of Exodus Campaign I want to spur a short discussion on the topic Of unusual atmospheres in RPGs And how to do them justice Early in my investigations of the Traveler World creation system, I was a bit flummoxed by the fact that statistically most planets would have at least some un- somewhat unusual atmospheres in some way or another. I struggled with how to make different worlds unique and interesting. In my humble estimation, you could handle this in at least three different ways. One, Star Wars slash Star Trek. Ignore it. Everyone speaks English, and more or less, everyone, every world... Uh, you have any reason to inter- interact with is Class M and has easily breathable air. This certainly is easier to do and doesn't distract from more character centric games, but it loses some of the flavor. <clears throat> Two rules is written. Raw. Traveler. Simply impose the official penalties or restrictions on a tainted or caustic versus toxic atmosphere and don't dwell on it much. While this fleshes out the world a little, And may explain why one world is easier to populate than the next. It feels feels a little bit like you're just punishing the characters. Three, Stu's Way. I've really liked the couple of worlds which have been discussed so far, which have distinct and unique atmospheres and environments that give the setting a bit more of a personality, in addition to having some mechanical effects. This obviously takes more work on the GM's perspective, uh, and ta- also takes some some of the spotlight time and focuses it focuses it on the NPC, which is the setting itself, but also really adds to the immersion. Inspired by these quote unquote stellar examples, pause yes. for pain <laughs> chuckles. Well <laughs> done, Steve.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Beautiful. Where is he? Yes. Oh <laughs> cNr man um, and so and, and inspired by these stellar examples, I started some random brainstorming and will offer them for your consideration. I tried to lean towards mostly breathable so as to allow freer exploration, but with some side effects: one, the planet covered by fungal blooms where the atmosphere is breathable. <coughs> But the long term exposure leads to respiratory disease. Hey, that's Southern California right Right?
2: Now. <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> We've had record rain, and now we have sun and wind. And so everything that could possibly create pollen is spewing it forth into yeah. the atmosphere as it's fast as it can. It's real cute for those with allergies. Oh, it's yeah.
1: real cute. It's awesome. I am the only one at this table who can breathe through his nose right now. So
0: <laughs> oh, I've been taking, I, I've, I've had a, a year and a half now of allergy yeah. shots. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You're doing right. <laughs>
2: Daily allergy meds, only reason I'm upright. I'm also always on daily allergy
0: (laughs) meds. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number two, breathable or not atmosphere, but thin with an overactive star whose solar flares are strong enough to blow away the atmosphere periodically. Three, breathable but contains quantities of chemicals which cause mild euphoria and addiction that's Love interesting that when, right? boy that would that population would grow right yeah, yeah. Our, our planet is made up of nitrogen oxygen and oxycontin yeah <laughs> <laughs> or smack right <laughs> um uh, for breathable but it just stinks <laughs> that reminds me of the foundation series the first foundation book right. that guy I, asimov goes on this little tangent about the fact that they're uh he gets to this planet. I don't even Trantor, I don't remember the name of the planet. He gets off. He gets off of his starship. He's like, "Oh, this planet stinks." <laughs> and then, and then, then he kind of goes on this little treatise about how well, it's really kind of rude to comment on the smell of, of, of a, 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 the atmosphere of a planet because you offend the people that live there.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, right? yeah. I guess so. I, but if you live on a planet with like you know excessive sulfur in the atmosphere, like you know, mm-hmm. that's going to be gross.
0: Yes, you know? I, mean, I guess you would get used to it probably. Yeah, eventually. yeah, yeah. If you lived there, even I mean those eventually where i work we used to be right next to a dairy right oh uh-huh. uh, yeah. and that got yeah. ripe and right, most yeah. of the time we couldn't tell unless the guy was out there with the yeah this earth mover thing he had right. to, and he'd yeah. like mix it up and get the sweet stuff on top oh yeah and then suddenly woo, Ooh, and yeah, the flies. oh my god the flies yeah, yeah. the place was yeah. nasty it's gone now uh five <laughs> breathable or not, but contains high quantities of gaseous magnetic compounds. Don't don't look too hard at the science. Mm-hmm. And an overactive magnetosphere could cause mag- magnetic storms, etc. I don't know if that's how magnetospheres work. <laughs> <laughs> recall, don't look too hard at the science. Right, magnetospheres, it's, uh, it's the difference in rotation between the core of the planet and the mantle, mm. or the 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 crust of the planet,
2: yeah,
0: which is why at some point our planet will get super dosed with solar radiation, because as it cools, as the mantle cools, that the difference in rotation is going to slow, and the magnetosphere starts to go away, and that's the only reason we have life on this planet, because we have a very strong magnetosphere, because it catches most of the stuff, solar radiation from the sun. We well, said downers, downer, dude. Sorry. Well, so if
2: any constellation will be long dead by then, probably. Right. So yes. <laughs> no,
0: yeah. I don't even know. I don't know if it's millions of years. Right. right. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, breathable, but thick, foggy, or with some chemical which impedes electronic scanning. Doesn't stop manned exploration. Hey, you know what? That magnetic magnetic particles that uh, yeah. might, might do the same thing. Oh too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um. Doesn't stop manned exploration, but allows for some mystery on a planet which has which no one has bothered to explore in person. That's interesting. Mm, yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Seven, breathable at either high or low altitudes only. See Carper's Fen. I'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a second. And then eight, breathable but containing high percentages of helium, which would be hysterical. <laughs> I think that'd be really funny. We are the lollipop guild. (laughs) We represents
2: the lollipop guild.
1: The lollipop
0: guild. The lollipop guild. Oh, I gotta take that call. Sorry. Uh, Uh, You want to finish reading that? I'll be right. I'll be be outside.
2: breathable but containing high percentages of helium or xenon, which combined with unusual crystal formations, cause fascinating. No, fascinating. Want to that word? Fascinatingly. That's the one. Unique acoustics. Any other fun examples you can think of? Note. This topic doesn't have to be restricted to sci-fi, as similar discussions could be held uh, regarding traveling uh, the planes in the D&D setting. Most of the time, it's all portrayed as rather Earth-like, but really hot in the abyss or the plane of fire, but maybe one of them also has a widely fluctuating gravity, or spots that are 100% sulfur, etc. Thanks as always for your time and attention. Steve from SoCal, the Grimace on the new, 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 new forums.
0: (laughs)
1: New, 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 or, um,
0: and Steve's back! Yay! Perfect timing. And I'm back. So, uh, 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 yeah. was it Kerpers Fen? Yeah, Harper's it was yeah. Kerpers Fen. Yeah, Golan's uh, Peak was another yeah, planet. Peak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, Dolan's Peak. That was a planet that um, it was a breathable atmosphere. And the, the, the whole the whole conceit of the Exodus or Ashes of Exodus thing is that several hundred years, well, f- for a long time. Earth had been sending generation ships out, and if you send a generation ship to a star, you're going to do everything you can to make sure that you're not sending people to their ultimate death. Right. But you really don't know what you're going to be sending them to. Mm-hmm. So some of the some of the quote unquote habitable planets they went to aren't all super habitable. Yeah. This particular planet. The atmosphere itself would be fine, but the plant life on the planet produces a toxin Mm -hmm. that's heavier than air, so it Mm -hmm. settles into the valleys and in canyons. And there's basically below a certain altitude, I don't remember what it was, thousand feet or something like that. There, there's sort of like this thick brownish, yellowish, Mm -hmm. like looks like smog, right? And but it's thick, hard to see in. And it's toxic to, yeah. to humans, so you, it, it won't burn your skin. But you have to wear a breather if mm-hmm. you go down into that. And once you're down in there, you can't see very well. Yeah. Right? So um, that's what I did with that one. And there was a what, what's the other one? The uh, oh the yeah the sulfur um, Caliban. Caliban, that's is it sulfur based. Yeah, the sulfur based life forms. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of sulfur in the atmosphere, and it doesn't have oxygen. Yeah. Think, so it's not breathable for people anyway. But there's a whole a whole ecosystem there. Yeah. Built on, on sulfur rather than on carbon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hmm. See, and I I really like doing these. And I um you know, I originally come from the whole Star Wars Star Trek world where you just kind of ignore it. Like every everything's class right. M, everybody breathes air. And oxygen, in Star Wars maybe you don't even need
2: windows in your spaceships. Right, oh, yeah. <laughs> well Star Wars also is guilty of the planet of hats trope. Yes, where it's oh, this is what this looks like. Great, everyone is exactly the same from this planet. Yes. (laughs) Oh, Admiral Akbar was an admiral in the rebellion. Okay, all Mon Calamari are great pilots, and they built all the starships for the rebellion. Yeah, right. Right. Fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not bitter. I love Star Wars, but come on. George, come on. <laughs> and, and ice planet, jungle
0: planet, mm-hmm. ocean planet. Right. planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Take a climate, turn it into a planet. Take a plant or, an, or animal life there, turn them into a species. That does one thing. That does one thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and it does make your, like, your universe very easy to populate. Yes. Yes. You know? That's true. But... Um, but I, you know, I, I like the variety. Now, there is, a, you know, they made some effort, especially during Next Generation, to explain in Star- why in Star Trek ev- everybody kind of looked the same. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody kind of looked uh, like humans. And um, so... There is you know I appreciate that they took that effort. Um And if, that
0: reason that, is budget.
1: Yes, it, that <laughs> was absolutely the reason. <laughs> yeah. That was the reason. Uh, there's actually this great story about how um in when they were filming the pilot, they kept um
0: This original series. The original okay. series
1: pilot. They kept having to send uh send the 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 footage back to the uh to the color correctors. And they're like you did this wrong. It, you know. If, it, you know. It, this person's the wrong color, and they and what they like. They were seeing the woman who was painted green. And they didn't know that she was supposed to be green, <laughs> so they kept color correcting it to turn her like Caucasian, right? And they're like, "No!" Oh my god, <laughs> well, what did like, they do to the, the green... rest of the scenery? Right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't like, know, super red
0: or something. Or... Right.
1: Well, I think they were like hand painting or something <laughs> like oh like my god. something ridiculous, but wow. they kept like. They kept, like, there was this. I don't remember all the details of the story, but there was this ridiculous thing where they kept trying to color correct the person who was supposed to be green. <laughs> um, but, you know, but yeah, that's the whole reason, like, Klingons were basically, like, uh, in really bad brown face and, like, with Fu Manchu mustaches. Right. Because they're like, let's make them exotic and different. And, you know, and that was all they could really do is just change some colors and put them in different shiny or, fabrics.
2: You know, put a dog in a fuzzy suit. Right, yeah. yeah, horn, and that's right. an alien species. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Still not over it. <laughs> you love Still that not car. over it. Um, but yeah, and
1: then when they got to the motion picture, um, I bet that was me. I think I sent it. Um, anyway, uh, I keep accidentally setting off my alarm on my car. Um <laughs> Anyway, when they got to the motion picture, they were like, "Oh, we have some money," and so they fixed Klingons and made them like with the ridges Klingons, and, right, yeah. and all that. <clears throat> and, um, and you know, and then uh, and uh, one of my favorite moments is in Deep Space Nine, and they take Worf back in time to the original series, and they're and they're like. Where are the uh, like oh all the Klingons and everybody's like what Klingons and they point at these like original series Klingons the guy sitting
0: at the table that called the Enterprise a garbage guy right sky. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah
1: which are basically they look like dirty humans and and they all look at Worf and he's like we don't talk about it
0: <laughs> and then they later
1: explain it yeah right. they later explain it in in Enterprise yeah and, that's right yeah. it's in Enterprise mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. Uh, and spoilers I, <laughs> it's fu- <laughs> sorry it's fine. Kevin Spacey's Kaiser Soze. I'm sorry, um, but there, yeah, what? but, ah, uh, but the, you know, they explore it in Enterprise, and then and now there's all kinds of new stuff going on with Discovery. Like right. who knows? But it it is like that's the thing is we have to remember that most of the the examples we have of science fiction uh, are. Uh, either they're based on the short stories and novels of the early to mid twentieth century, or they're based on our television and in f- movie experiences, which are always affected by budget. Right. And uh, first and foremost, affected by <coughs> budget in almost every situation. So, so we we have a very limited idea of what plant life could be, what animal life could be, what you know, what uh, you know, what um, sentient
0: species could mm-hmm. be like. Um, well, then, then you go into science fiction novels, right? And there is no budget, right? want, yeah, exactly. because it's yeah, all look, in your imagination. Look at
2: the Expanse. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the Expanse novels, right? Yep. Oh my God, going to uh, can't think of it. Fourth book, the first planet they go to after the gate. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That area, it like you couldn't do that. Oh, no, no, yeah.
0: no way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking of like the uh, what's the Pier- is it not Pierce Anthony? What's that? What was the author? The the, the Nor Crystal Tears, um, the novel, it's a first contact novel between humans and an insectoid species. There's another novel called Sentence to Prism, uh-huh. which is about a planet which also has sort of like crystalline life forms on uh-huh. it. Yeah. Um, ugh, God, I wish I could remember the name of that author. But yeah, yeah. I mean. It, The ability of of an author who doesn't have to worry about a budget to come up with a truly alien world, a truly alien society and species is fantastic. Alan Dean Foster. Oh yeah, Yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you read Heinlein novels, um, you know the 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 sheer like alienness of the aliens in most Heinlein novels Mm -hmm. is you know they're contemporary. Those are contemporary stories to Star Trek, and but. They're so much more alien because he doesn't have to worry about making them. He right. just has to describe them mm-hmm. so right. um you know, so i uh, you know I think it's really fun to play with this stuff a lot but um but the thing that i i always i would say about something like this is uh this this is the, the most important part of this email to me is under the rules as written where where he says it feels a little bit like you're just punishing the characters and right. when you're just doing things for a mechanical effect, yeah, it's like it is kind of punishing them uh, If there's no reason for it in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just let them exist on the planet, and maybe that does mean oh, you have to wear breathers, or right. you have to like change out your back suits, or you know, or whatever. Um, you know, that's totally cool, but just give them the tools to do it. But don't let the story get hung up on how are we going to get around the atmosphere of this planet. Right.
0: Well, I mean, like in when, in the in Traveler, when you are, are randomly generating worlds, uh, you roll and you get a number, and then the previous number you add to. Basically, there's like a formula you use right. to get the six digits that describe the planet. Oh, and okay. it's the size, how much water it's got, or liquid it's got, mm-hmm. uh, the atmosphere, population, government type, and law level. Mm-hmm. Those are the That's, things yeah. that you come up with. But when you come in with the atmospheres, the higher the number, the weirder the atmosphere. Lower the number, the thinner the atmosphere. Uh-huh. But one of the atmospheres is exotic, and that's kind of where, where how this whole thing started was. I need I needed an exotic atmosphere, but I didn't want because if it was a, too exotic of an atmosphere, yeah. these people coming on the generation ship, they're just all going to die. Yeah, right. they're not going to they're going to they're going to last until their oxygen supply runs out. Unless they can figure out how to make oxygen, it's never going to become a real colony. Uh-huh. It's going to end up being people hiding in their spaceship for yeah. hundreds of years. Yeah, and so that's why I wanted to come up with something that was kind of like a balance between that. It's like yeah. <clears throat> part of the atmosphere and you stay above a certain level, you're fine. But you go down too low, yeah, yeah you're gonna die. Yeah. yeah. And one of the interesting things, and I think you can create dramatic tension with this, is one of the atmosphere types is corrosive. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're wearing a vac suit, you can be in that atmosphere but you can only stay in that atmosphere in that vac suit for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. because it's going to burn through the seals, mm-hmm. Yeah. and then it's going to compromise the vac suit, and then you're fucked.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: and that gives that cr- can create a lot of dramatic tension yeah. in the game. It's like, okay, right. you guys, ha- you guys have your suits on, and the last suit that burned up, it took one hour before it was compromised. Uh-huh. Go tick, tick, yeah. tick, 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 yeah. tick, tick, tick. How are you
1: going to save that person? Right, yeah, one hour. So, mm, so yeah. stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> it.
2: Um, but no, I was going to say, kind of. Pairing what we both are saying, it really depends on what you want the planet to do in your game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of have this great thing with playing Traveler, playing any sci-fi game, where you have an entire world that you can change the rules for to cater to your adventure. So, if you want it to be, a, you know, a ticking time bomb, like they have to get this done in a certain amount of time, corrosive atmosphere is great. Mm-hmm. If you want the thing dealing when we were dealing with the lurkers, and you want, you know, uh, obstructed view and needing hazmat suits, like that was great mm-hmm. using. Uh, a poisonous atmosphere. Like, it just really depends on what you want to do with it. Have it serve your story. Don't... Unless you're trying to build the entire galaxy and then build your story based on what you end up rolling, which is an option of Traveler.
0: Sometimes happens. Yeah. Yeah. More than once, actually. Yeah, but just make sure that whatever you're choosing serves your story
2: and serves what you're trying to get your players to do instead of the other way around. And then you're not really going to punish your players. You're just setting the parameters for your adventure. Yeah.
1: I, I really liked the whole Carper spin setting because uh, like you get there and you've got just a few people and you've got like you're like looking through these tunnels you're finding these abandoned you know habitation areas so there was this very much a great horror vibe of like we're in tunnels where are we going to run if this thing does attack us right thing and then it's like oh here are all these marines and you've got these giant armor suits and all that okay now let's go down into the atmosphere and it's like you can't see and that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. because it was like, oh yeah, we got plenty of firepower now, but like, what if it gets to us before we see it? And, oh yeah. yeah. And so, I I think that's a really great way to play with different atmospheres. Is is turn the, their their challenges to guide your players into. Um, more interesting choices mm-hmm. than we run up and we start stabbing. Mm-hmm. Right, it, it's it's murder hobo antidote
0: in a lot of ways. It kinda, yeah, it kind of yeah. is. Oh, uh, uh, Bobcat talking about alien species. Larry Niven's Puppeteers. Oh, uh, do you, you ever read the Oh uh, Ringworld series? I haven't read the Ringworld. I've series. heard of it. No, the Puppeteers it. are. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember how many limbs they have, but they're sort of like this shaggy thing with a lot of legs. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're sentient, um, and they're the whole species if you like if there's a spectrum of stupid brave and horribly cowardly uh-huh. they're over here somewhere oh wow <laughs> yeah and, and one of the thing one of the funniest i thought was one of the coolest things they did because they like secretly study other species because their technology is more advanced and they're mm. super paranoid yeah they, so they they're like constantly looking at other species and trying to figure out what their thing is uh-huh. and see if there's some way that they can Manipulate them in some way to make them less of a threat to them, right? Hmm. Okay. And uh, at one point, they heard about this thing, human concept called luck. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Hmm, I wonder if this is actually a thing. Can we m- manipulate these people so that if pe- more lucky people mate and see if we can concentrate whatever <laughs> genetic things are causing luck, luck eugenics, and it works." Oh, wow. <laughs> because they have what's called the. I think Tila Brown or Tula Brown. I don't remember the character. Tila Brown, I think. Uh-huh. They call it the Tila Brown gene. Oh, uh-huh. And there's this one character who is the result of a bunch of this genetic ma- manipulation by the puppeteers, and she is incredibly lucky. Yeah. But then they, then they came to this realization that if. You create people who are just genetically luckier people, mm-hmm. and you're standing next to one of them, and lightning is going to strike one of you. Yeah. Who's it going to strike? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the cowardly race is like, oh, what did we oh, do? God. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> like, how do we create the opposite of that?
0: Right. Exactly. And then well, make it, so many of Well, clearly, them. if you have a genetic marker for luckiness, right. there's got to be one for unluckiness. Right. yeah. Stork. Right.
1: <laughs> Oh, right. I I did want to talk a little bit about um about adapting this to D&D setting mm-hmm. because I think that's a really untapped area for fantasy oh. games. Oh, yeah, and oh. uh like like the underdark like it shouldn't just be about darkness. Like it, like caves have all kinds of buildups of gases oh, yeah. and things like Ooh, that. What happens it, in coal mine? And, right, coal mine accidents yeah. all the time. Yeah. So, you know, like like how is your party going to deal with being in the underdark, like, you know? Um, and I uh, but I also again think if you're going to put them in these kinds of situations make it important to the story yeah. and or give them a way to just get around it like mm-hmm. it, you know um, like if you're gonna have your, fantasy group go into this like plane that is impossible to breathe in, make sure they have like rings of breathing, you know.
0: Or you use know, it to sort of to sort of deplete their resources, too. Right. I mean, yeah, if, like, yeah. if you've got a, a, a mage or something that has some spell that can counteract whatever yeah. it is, he's got to use up a spell slot now for this every day.
1: Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I think it, that can be a lot of fun as a challenge, but mm-hmm. it just, it, like with anything, it needs to serve the story. If it's, you know, if you're... It, unless you're d- unless you're big on strategy type uh RPGs you know you like to play D&D with like hardcore miniature rules and encumbrance and stuff then yeah v- fine add add in an extra an extra in complication in, right. you know as a you know as just a mechanical
0: effect and it, it can uh, even be like if you like if you're talking about like a set piece combat mm-hmm. you can have an area where there that's lower yeah. and the, you know there's some sort of sulfuric Volcanic gas that's settled in this lower area. Yeah, right. You can go in there, but you can't breathe while you're there. Yeah. So yeah. you, if you, like if you end your turn there, it's going to cause a problem. You can cause create a lot more tactical complications yeah. with yeah. it uh-huh. that you can do can't do as much with just right. terrain. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise,
2: you're going to get your vat of acid. Right. Yeah. Every every dungeon has you know the exactly vat yeah. of acid. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. yeah,
0: you know. Yeah. Troglodytes need vats of acid. Naturally, yes, you do. Yeah. Well, how else are they going to take exports? baths?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can look at spells like uh, like stinking cloud, or uh, you know, or cloud kill, and um, you know, uh, as swarms and things like that. You can look at those and get ideas of what those atmospheric atmospheric effects might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a lot of fun to to throw in atmospheric. Complications as a part of the role play. So, um, yeah, I like
0: this idea. All mm-hmm. right, excellent. Thank you, there, Stephen Socal the Grimace, for the email. Yeah. Uh, next email, uh, gaming from Ericon from Out of Print GM. Who would like read it? Uh, I'll take it. All Wait, right. got it. He looks at how long it is. First. Right. Okay. I'll
2: do it. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Definitely
2: didn't think about that. It pays to do the homework. Um, <laughs> <laughs> greetings, crew of the Good Chip Happy Jacks RPG podcast. <laughs> This is Out of Print GM. writing once again from Yorkshire. Uh, Last weekend, it was my 49th birthday. Congratulations! Yay! And I got to spend the weekend at AirCon, now in its fifth year. Over two days, I got to play five games. I thought I would give you a quick rundown of what I got to do. Saturday morning, I played a game called Quest, written by a local chap uh, named John Dodd, and his website is thedodd.com, T-H-E-D-O-D.com. Uh, It was a fun, quick, simple system and all had fun uh, and all had fun was trying not to be eaten by carnivorous grass. Excellent. Uh, Saturday afternoon, I got to play a game called Black Hack. It's a random character OSR game and it was kind of fun and enjoyable. Sunday morning, I got to play a game of Advanced Fighting Fantasy, which was a live-time game. Willie had one hour to get out of the dungeon or I, characters would die. It was surprisingly fun.
0: Was that like a LARP, kind of?
2: maybe. Oh, I, th- I, th- I think he means it just took place in real time. I did something similar, because I'm this nerd, if you can't tell from the shirt. There was a Legend of Zelda escape room situation mm. at some like hotel, and it was kind of a, a real-time RPG, not really an RPG, but you had to solve puzzles, kind of like an escape room, you were going back to a table, and it was... Oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm, right. Maybe something,
2: something like that. A lot of fun. Mm. Um, then Sunday afternoon, uh, I signed up to play a random game, not knowing what I was playing, I said over the table the players uh, was a bloke in his 50s and another in his mid-40s and a brother and sister 14 or 15-ish. The game we played was Teenage Magic Scroll Girls, and it was hilarious. (laughs) Each of our characters was a particular archetype, the popular girl, the science nerd, the loner, the sporty girl, and I got the stoner. I decided she was a schoolgirl when one of her abilities was to beat people <laughs> up with her bong. Uh, the best way to sneak it around the school was to have it look like a trombone. Nice. I guess if you're a matchable girl, you can do that kind of you
0: thing. you never, obviously never been hit with a bong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it's a big hookah, I guess. Right, yeah. yeah, that could yeah. Probably. Like a bassoon. Yeah. It should have been a bassoon. <laughs> bassoon. <laughs> Tell me a bassoon doesn't look like a giant bong. Yes, it does. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, it may actually work as one. Wait, did they
1: t- curve up? I they yeah. straight. At the bottom they curve up, I think. Yeah. But it could be yeah. as yeah. as a bong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bet that's on the internet. Some, yeah. yeah. Someone find us a picture of a bong as a bassoon or a bassoon as a bong.
2: Which worked even better to my character when I got my superpowers and I had a control which I channeled through my trombone. I don't honestly think I could play a fourteen year old Japanese schoolgirl with magical powers on a long running campaign. Why not? <laughs> um, but for one afternoon in Yorkshire, I did. And I absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. P.S. Drink, drink, and drink some more. Thanks for all the great stuff you do at uh, the podcast. Keep on, keep it on. Hey. Excellent. Thank you. Cheers.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah um, well, there's there's someone related. An oboe. Bomb. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <gasps> yeah, I buy but that. But it looks like a bassoon because it looks like it goes down and comes up above you. So yeah. That could be quite a bong, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't see anyone s- actually smoking out of one. Yeah. There is someone smoking out of an oboe, though. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. at least the oboe good for something.
2: <laughs> that, I kid. I love the oboe. It's that and playing "Right
0: of Spring." That's <laughs> yeah. <about
2: it. laughs> uh, and uh, "Peter and the Wolf." Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. See, I like oboe. I would like to hear music come out of the bong bassoon.
0: I think yeah. that would be that would be cool. awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't need
0: trombone. No trombone.
2: No. 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 I got two yeah.
0: trombone players in my band. That's you. It turns and my stomach every time they empty their little spit valve. Oh
2: my god, Ryan, it was so funny. Oh, Ryan,
1: it's so gross. Like, <laughs> uh, this is like, why I don't like brass sections. Like, like if it collects. It a big
0: puddle in the orchestra. <laughs> right.
1: Gross,
2: dudes. Gross. <laughs> You're the reason the battery yeah.
1: smells. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. they are.
1: You are the should have stood closer to the toilet of band <laughs> instruments.
0: My band is also the stood of, should have stood closer to the toilet band. <laughs> the I, don't <laughs> is. Is so, so I don't know who it is. there's only one. I don't know who it is, but there's one of them who's like, uh, the toilet, yeah. it's really just a It's Actual guideline right. and actual rules. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, uh, gross! Like I hate when I like go up to a urinal and I have to like stand in like squat position to like, yeah, not step in a puddle. Like gross, no. dude. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. gross. Good for the
0: boots, though. I'm gonna put a am yeah. gonna yeah. a little yeah. nice brass sign. Yeah. Please don't piss on the floor or the toilet. Piss right. in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gross. I know it's band member. I know it's not Zachary. I know it's not me because I'm the one that has to clean it up. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Boy, if I find out who it is, they're gonna clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. a mop. Yeah, here's the Ajax. Yeah, um,
1: maybe they're just emptying their trombone spittle uh, hole at the toilet. No.
0: That doesn't make it better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. That's the oozes <laughs> out oh, your body
1: fluids on the floor. Play a wind instrument.
0: Yeah, one of or one of them. One of them did that like for a whole rehearsal and just like right on my wood hardwood floor. <laughs> like, no. What are you doing? Please put a towel down. <laughs> uh. Oh goodness. Oh my god. No. All right. Oh uh, before we go on to the last thank you for the con report, by the yes, way. Yes. Yes. I, I looked up uh Advanced Fighting Fantasy. Uh oh, uh. Uh-huh. is it? it's there's a second edition and it's on drive Through RPG. Oh, oh cool. cool. And it's got five stars and seventeen ratings and uh huh.
1: I Hmm. Yeah. I would love to know more about these these various games. Yep. Uh, so yeah.
2: Particularly Just- yeah, the the magical schoolgirl game that's very much in my yeah my wheelhouse of things I like to play. Yeah.
1: See here's the thing. Uh, so okay, out of print GM. Alright, I love you buddy. Um but like you can't like like write in and say, here's like four or five very interesting games and I'm not gonna tell you anything about them. I'm too lazy to go look them up. Like like tell okay, me But he
2: did give up. us a link for one of them. Yes.
1: Yeah. Which is awesome, but he didn't click on the link for me. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Joey will look them up later and tell me all about them. Is
0: it the dod dot com? Yeah, Dodd.com. Dod dod com. The dod dot com. Two Ds at the end. Uh, the website yes. he writes only one D. T-H-E-D-O-D.com. Oh, it's two. It is yeah. two. Okay. Quest. So, all the downloads for Quest, including character sheets, introductory adventures. See, that right took there. two seconds. Boom.
1: Awesome. All right. They love gas grass. That's pretty awesome. Yeah,
0: oh, I got it. I, I, this has nothing to do with RPGs, but I have to mention it. Kimmy's not here, so she can't stop me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen The Dirt, the Motley Crue... What would you call it? Biopic, I guess? I don't eh, know. Yeah,
2: is it? I mean, it's... it's a, you said it was based on... A, it's based on a novel. Like a dramatization
0: novel of their lives, right? Kind of? The four of them had a ghostwriter help them with the big words, is what I assume. Like Ghostwriter. <laughs> yeah, a ghostwriter. Because it, it, it's written by... Vince Neil, uh, Tommy, what's Tommy Lee? Tommy Lee, uh, Mickey Mars, and oh. who, am I, who am I forgetting? I only knew Tommy Lee. Oh, so, Nikki Six. Okay. And and uh, with the guy who actually wrote it. Oh. <laughs> so he, they told him stories probably, and he actually wrote it out.
1: So it's about them the way Entourage is about Mark Wahlberg.
0: I guess I don't. Yeah. I haven't seen Entourage.
1: Oh yeah, it's basically Mark Wahlberg wrote Entourage or pitched Entourage as like. Hey, this is what it was for me and my buddies from New Jersey right. that I brought over, and like yeah.
2: or like Channing Tatum and Magic Mike. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: A lot of bad behavior, mm-hmm. a lot of very inappropriate behavior. Uh-huh. Not a lot of introspection about the mistakes That's they me. made in their lives. <laughs> I'll say that, but the characterizations of the individual band members because it starts when they f- first meet. Yeah, and like Tommy Lee is like seventeen, mm-hmm. right? And and it ends. Uh, kind of ambiguously, but they sort of have like this little sort of post, like epilogue thing, that so that they played their last gig on this date, and they show some footage from it. Uh-huh. And but the guys who play the characters, like Tommy Lee, that that guy who, who played him. Now I don't know if this is actually what Tommy Lee is really like. Big fucking doofus. Uh-huh. Sp- Stupid excited about absolutely everything, and everything is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> He's that guy, yeah, right? And it's yeah. freaking hysterical. <laughs> and Nikki Six, broken home, very bad childhood, yeah. angry, angry guy. They talk a lot about his um, his heroin addiction during mm-hmm. the course because he actually died. Yeah, and he was right. brought back to life. Yeah, on the way to the hospital. Yeah, and. Uh, and so they talk about that and the, and his recovery from that and then also Vince Neil they had he had the car accident where he mm-hmm. killed I don't know, I can't remember what band the guy was in but there was a guy in the passenger seat who died in it's, that car accident. The drummer from Guns N' Roses, wasn't it? No. No, it was a British guy. Oh, okay. I don't know who it was. Bananarama. Yeah, I'm sure it was Bananarama. <laughs> <laughs> and they're having a conversation about okay, if you had to bang one of them, who would you bang? Uh, Cindy Lauper or Boy George, and the guy's like, "Well, Cindy Lauper, she's got all the right parts, but I bet Boy George has a lot more experience." <laughs> and like Right then is when the car swerves and the.
1: <laughs> oh no! Oh, we need that answer, right?
0: You don't get that answer. Either. Damn it! Oh. But but it's um, it's good. I am not a fan of Motley Crue. Never yeah. have been. Yeah, I mean, yeah. After I watched it, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna give them a listen. I went and bought the best of on iTunes. Still not a fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I admire the their ability to play because they can play. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, Nick uh, uh, Nick Mars is a good guitar player. Yeah, yeah. but.
1: Yeah, the, the hair rock was never my no. genre. I never really liked it all that much. And I like it even less
2: as I get further and further away from it. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's kind but, of like the disco of the 80s.
2: Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, there's some still disco songs that I will get down to. like Well, exactly. Well, it's the disco. That, there are some disco that I'm like, oh, okay, I really
1: like this. Sure. But, you know, like,
0: but then there's all the rest of it. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like all of the, like... The stuff that never hit number one on the yes, on the exactly. charts, yeah, it's yeah. like mm, that 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 sort of mediocre underbelly of disco. Uh, yeah. Same thing. You with, can say it, disco duck. Dis- <laughs> 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 that was actually a parody, I think, of disco. Uh, was it though? Wasn't that by the same guy that di- it was by Rick Dees It was Rick Dees Yeah, okay,
2: okay and isn't disco just really a parody of itself yes
0: it became that certainly yeah, yes yeah. and it's you know it's funny because I have a, a best of Duran Duran CD mm-hmm. and the very first song on it is, is it, this is planet earth I can't remember the name of the song it's so one of their very first songs on their first album mm-hmm. which I don't think was even in the 80s it might have been 79 it was very early it is fucking disco mm-hmm, they yeah. started out as a fucking disco band. Yep. I mean I'm listening to it and like this has all the parts of a disco it's got the syncopated bass it's got the poof, 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 on the drums and it's uh-huh, like this yeah. is disco Yep. Yeah. Alright, uh, okay. horror story from horror Slowjack.
1: Alright. Dearest of the happy and the jacks, douchiest of the delightful gamers of the highest esteem, P.S. Obligatory Obliged. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Slowjack. How does the order even sure, go? Anyway, on to a horror story, a sordid tale of failure of both GM and player. How can this be, you say? Welp, I've a talent at fuckupery. I guess. First to the context... I'm a long-time DMGM for my group, and after a particularly arduous stretch running a mythic-level, hyper-epic, superhero-esque game of Pathfinder from 1 to 20 full-on the whole shebang... Oh, man. I was feeling quite burnt out and terribly jaded. No kidding. And I got that sentence perfect on a beer and a half. Yep. As one does, I switched it out, gave up the reins of control and responsibility, sat back in the next couple of games, and dialed up a lowly murder hobo or two of my own to play... My group had been gaming together for quite a long while. Fifteen plus years. Ouch, my hip, get off my lawn! (laughs) And it's only in the last couple of years that one friend of mine has taken upon himself the mantle of DMing. He's no longer strictly new, but he did go through the first couple campaigns hitting a number of newbie DM curbs curbs face first. (laughs) (laughs) And at his request, I was forthcoming with as much advice as I've gleaned from my own long years of such and such fine and lovely shows as yours. Oh, thank you. He very much took much of the advice to heart and has done a fine job of developing his own very brutal and grim, dark style. Awesome. On to the horror. We were chatting in an after-action report kind of way about a recent session of a high Wuja action-adventure, Chinese mythology sort of game. We're still in MathFinder, as that's the system he's most comfortable with, but due to the design intent of crazy high action, he's going out of his way to give us super abilities and playing it loose and goose with some of the more typical rules. We also play only once a month with sporadic attendance of four to seven players, so there's been a bit of hand-waving and so on to get us from one spot to another on extended travel scenes. One of these cool abilities was thus. A player has a super-shadowy-themed witch, very cool, who developed the ability to shift the whole party through into the shadow realms and navigate the secret paths with a proper survival check allowing us to move great distances in the quote-unquote real world. Well, wouldn't you know it, as is off the case, on the very first time trying this ability, this character totally botched the role, and this seemed to catch the DM off guard. He quickly and obviously improvised some consequences that weren't particularly consequential, and we landed at our designated set piece, Adventure Site, without much of a must. Adventure, violence, and kung fu ensued. Later in our discussion of the event, I started to go off on how the secret path should do this, or that, or the other, and if there were roles involved, the consequences should be one way or not, and so on and so forth. The Shadow Realm should have felt interesting or dangerous and not like a montage of the 101 at rush hour. (laughs) Uh, From my high horse of DM generalship, I started championing championing two to three optional plot paths, building out my own headcanon of how that could have gone and generally going off on him about Wrong Bad fun. Mm. And then he hit me with this. What's your fucking problem with my game, dude? And it hit me. Oh, shit. I don't have a problem. I am the problem.
0: Dun-dun-dun.
1: My DM hat and my player hat got all stacked up, and my desire to deliver sweet content was bubbling up into his game. He hadn't really done anything wrong. I just decided to stick my big fat DM brain into his game and tried to shovel a whole shit ton of ideas onto it. My desire to GM had returned whilst I wasn't paying <coughs> attention, and my relatively poor player habits were entitling me to get all up in his business. I was both a bad GM and bad player all in one dumb text exchange. I backpedaled like a pro and apologized and tried to contextualize and quantify like a boss. Fortunately, me and this guy had been gaming together for a short forever, so we basically just brushed it off and we went back to normal where I manhandled the rules and he throws incredibly difficult encounters at the party and everyone was fine. So this is my cautionary and likely rambling and overlong tale about how one can be the best of all fuck-ups at once. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for entertaining the option of reading it if I'm so fortunate to have you do so, and I look forward to you to your take on my poor choices. Rambling and overlong is exactly what I specialize in, so you're welcome. <coughs> Thanks. Slowjack on the forums. PPS, well, I'm drinking, so you should too. Score, Slowjack
0: mmm it's it, I GM mostly GM it. it's I, I find myself now I I don't, I, I don't think i have ever done this but I in my head my internal monologue it's constantly like oh, well mm-hmm. this is how I would have done it and it, it yeah. I can't shut it off yeah see it's hard
2: I don't have that much as far as jamming goes I don't have a lot of jam experience uh, but if I'm in a show if I'm acting with someone oh yeah the hardest thing ever is to be like why are they doing it that way? That way yeah. is dumb. They should do it like this. This is this makes so much more sense for their <coughs> character. They should do it like this. And keeping your mouth shut. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because the first rule you learn is you don't give another actor notes. Yeah. You give it to the director. Hey, I saw this. Maybe something to put. I don't know. Here's a thought. If you really trust the director. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's the hardest thing in the world to sit there watching someone do something you also do and be like, mm, just change it. Just turn yeah. it a little bit.
0: And yeah. the director may very well go,
2: Yeah, that's great. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: This is the social equivalent of Galaxy Quest, where he's, like, scraping the side and they're all, like, leaning over <laughs> like, trying to... Mm. You know, you got it. like, this is the thing, and, and this, this is good advice. Uh, I'm gonna tell you how to live your life. This is good advice, no matter whether you're I- in a role-playing game or anything. Like, other people don't want to hear what the fuck you have to say about what they're doing. They, re- right. they really don't if they ask you absolutely mm. tell them what you honestly feel you know be nice tactfully to them. if you can tactfully, yeah. But if like, you can but generally no like don't coach people at the gym when you know when you're not the coach don't tell the GM how to run their game when you're not the GM you know even if you know that you could do it better or you think you could
0: do it better it's not your place right be nice. It's like when I'm in a yoga class, and the person next to yeah. me says, oh, you're doing the Savasana wrong. I'm like, yeah. I will do my sleepy fat man the <laughs> way I want. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, if there's a wrong way to do it, it's not Savasana. <laughs> so, uh, and that in Hindu, it, it actually it yeah. translates to sleeping fat man. Oh, it doesn't, right? Really? Li- no, oh. it doesn't. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's like just... corpse or dead body. Corpse poise, right? Corpse poise. Corpse yeah. pose, yeah.
2: So you'll yeah. do your corpse pose the way you want to. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I have
0: fallen asleep in. Yeah. You know, oh, the oh course, yeah, yeah, it's great. Especially like, after the, the long like, session if it's warm.
2: Oh, yeah. Like a two
1: to three minute sleep during Savasana is so like oh my god that's like a four hour nap in oh, yeah. like, a couple of minutes um yeah no i i just think this is really important and especially if especially for people who gm a lot and i and i i promise you i have to like practice this on myself constantly mm-hmm. uh but sometimes you just got to shut up and let the other person run and, oh yeah and,
0: mm-hmm. you know and, and even when they ask you for advice you got yeah I mean, we counsel people to ask people for to to ask not ask for advice, but for ask for feedback in games all the time. And I ask for feedback in games all the time, and I really get useful feedback. And Mm -hmm. and and, I mean, and and a lot of people really aren't expecting useful feedback. Yeah. But if you really have it, you kind of have to, like, you you said, couch it politely or what? Tactfully. I I call it the shit sandwich.
1: Uh
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say something nice about your game. I'm going to tell you what I really think. And I'm going to say something nice about your game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So you have two tasty slices of bread with the shit in the middle. Yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah, and it doesn't work. They still get pissed off at the shit. Yeah, because yeah. anyone who bites into a shit sandwich is like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: Well, that's why, like, I kind of have a couple things in my head when people ask my opinion about things. I'm like, okay do they want my real opinion or do they want Rigged. like cons- constructive criticism air quotes uh-huh. where they want me to basically jerk them off for a minute and like tell them how good they're doing <laughs> or like do they want my real do they want the real tea right um, yeah. and there's some people I know who they'll come to me like when they I see their show and we'll go out for drinks after mm-hmm. like yeah I'll give it really to what you thought like okay we're in we the theater alright here's what I thought yeah the mm, notes um, yeah. but you gotta know the person and play it by ear and really just kinda you know read the room yeah. see, what they, yeah. see yeah. what they want and if kind of like inflating their ego a little bit to build their confidence is gonna help them right. a little white lie may not hurt um, right. if they really wanna know really tell them and yeah. just you, you wanted my opinion here's my opinion sorry
0: about it yeah, yeah. it's like it, it. it's it's like giving direction in the band mm-hmm. it's yeah. like <clears throat> we don't have anyone in the band who doesn't take direction mm-hmm. everyone in the band takes direction because mm-hmm. we weeded those people out yeah because everyone kinda does give direction at times mm-hmm. I mean everyone we it's not just... It, it, there's no I mean, there's no real hierarchy when it comes to that kind of stuff. It's like, if someone doesn't like what someone's doing, hey, why are you doing that? Why don't you do this? But, but I've learned over time, there's you, you have to approach different people in different ways. Because uh-huh. it may have to do with their ego, it may have to do with the fragility of their ego, but you have to... You can't just say, you can't just say, okay, this sucked... And this is what I'm going to suggest. There's some people you can do that too, but other mm-hmm. people, you're going to piss them off, or you're going yeah. to hurt them, and they're going to get sulky. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, uh,
1: you know, um, there's there's a moment if you go back and uh, watch the last Dragon Heist episode, yeah, you can see it. And like, Bria had uh, something had come up, and Bria basically, Bria is the DM, basically like made a ruling. And um, and then I was looking through some ruling, some rules later on a different thing, and came across something that she'd done, and, and you know, and uh, and we kind of bring it up for a second, we talk about it, and we're like, oh yeah, actually, this probably should have happened, and she's like, yeah, I know, I I saw that when I looked it up after I'd made the ruling and uh, decided to, uh, I liked how it turned out, and I'm like, okay, cool. And that's, and to me, like, I feel like I did the right thing in that circumstance. That was the response. It's like, oh, hey, there's this thing I know. Uh, Do you want this? And she said, no, I don't fucking want it. And I'm like, cool, moving on. And like, you just, like, if you have something to offer, you can offer things. Mm -hmm. But, but you, you make it, you need to make sure that you're willing to let them make the call
0: right and you know. and also if you if you're a GM and you're asking for advice and we've uh-huh. talked about this numerous times before if you ask for it you've asked for it yep mm-hmm. and if yeah. you get it you don't have to necessarily agree with it <coughs> but don't get pissed off at people because there's something that you thought was really cool that they didn't like. I mean, that happens to GMs all the time. time. I come up with a cool idea. It's like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. Like big big reveals. Uh, That's one of the greatest things. It's like, oh, I have this major twist that's going to happen in the middle of the adventure. They're going to realize that the world they're on is actually a turtle. (laughs) Right? And it's like, it's a fucking turtle? What? (laughs) (sighs) And... <laughs> you, 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 if you're gonna ask for it, be ready to take it. Yeah.
2: And yeah. kind of going off of that, something that I've done for uh one of my best friends uh who runs a lot of our home games, uh I've kind of assistant uh DM for him where I'm a player in the group. Right. So the first time I did it we were playing Saga Edition and I was the really only player who'd ever played RPGs before. So my friend Saga who, Edition uh, saga oh, Star Wars, Star Wars okay, yeah, right. two D twenty Saga Edition. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so he kind of wanted me to ADM to kind of be there to kind of help the other players if they needed it. Not necessarily railroad, but put them back on track and they get, like, stuck with decision paralysis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, my main job just kind of became a springboard. It's like, I think about doing this. What do you think? Oh, okay, I like it. What if you did this instead? Or how do we weave it into this person's backstory? And I just kind of became that, that second voice or that second thought process to see what worked, what didn't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, if you're feeling uncomfortable, you um, Maybe put that in there, give someone you, mm-hmm. you you know, really just a little bit of that of control. And assistant DM may not be a bad thing. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I agree.
0: Alright. Mm-hmm. We're uh we're good. We're out is of things. Yet? Wow. I wanna play the thing. Aww. Where is it? Oh, it's on the other page. There we go. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for season twenty four episode four. Four, four, uh, drink, Hat, or mark off your bingo yeah. card. Happy Techs RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Joey. I'm Adam. me Wee! Mee Wee! Mark it off. All right, uh, what other ones are on there? Oh, she's not here. She can't stop me. Oh, no! We got a thousand cards all blacked out. I don't know. All right, thank you You get a
1: Dice in Me pack, and you get a Dice in Me pack.
0: <laughs> you get Dice <coughs> and we'll see you next week uh, Friday 7pm pacific time right here happy texas slash live is what it dice? me or is it easy roller dice thing? easy roller dice is there sometimes don't oh ok no one's I do funs- this episode, but yes I love the easy roller dice ok alright thank you very much we'll leave the song Bye.
1: Some are less important, some
0: are more so. Some they make us laugh, and some they give us gas. But if they preclude my drinking, then they must go. Oh, liver,
2: let die. Liver, let die. Oh, God, please deliver cirrhosis of the liver. Liver, let die.
1: Well, the barber-surgeon used to tell Would give out, but nothing but that foam yell will fill me. Oh, liver, let die.
0: Liver, let die. Oh, God, please deliver cirrhosis of the liver. Liver, let die. So let's drink a toast unto my passing. And
2: with all those aspersions they are casting It appears I'll be the last
1: So to those that pass I'll raise a glass For it seems that all my doctors I am outlasting oh, Oliver, let die
0: been a presentation of the angry folk media empire bum, 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 bum.
1: why problem make when you no know problem have you don't want to make
0: badass go away Baton. not down to these men are nihilists there's nothing to be afraid of.
1: i can't
2: believe these men may control the fate of the middle east